The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And good December morning. And welcome to another edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station, WTJXFM, with yours truly, Neville Jim. Just a gorgeous day in paradise. Partly cloudy, but still lovely nonetheless. Still got some visibility. I could see the western, uh, you know, side I see in John over there. Got a straight chat. And, uh, you know, today's the, the first Friday of the month, so everything falling. And, and this Friday, uh, it is uh, December the 1st, man. What's going on? The one and only Kyle Fleming for Miss Gilchrist. What can I got to see you? How's everything, man? She's some bread. Been a while, man. I know, man. I was, I was yeah. thinking that the other day. I feel like we missed the, the last couple of months. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no. It's, it, it's two months because we miss we miss November. Right. Which I can't say. But good to see you and all that stuff. Um, let me call it what I saw this though. And uh, incorporate them in this thing. Uh, on December 1st, which is always World AIDS Day, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So, and it's interesting. Um, before you are born, uh, 1982, that's when I graduated. And around then was when it first became, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, known and, and the thinking was, you're going to die, you know, all that stuff. And here we are 40 years later, 41 years later. And, it was an um, epidemic back then. Yeah, it was, it was an epidemic. epidemic. And and they worked their tail off. And I was watching a documentary uh, a while back, and they were talking about how uh, with the advancement in medicines and all that stuff, folks were getting out of sick beds in hospitals and walking out, you know what I'm saying? So, And that was a big thing. And, of course, you know, you had the Magic Johnson in 1991. Of course, of course, right, yeah. which, which is, to me, the the landmark. You know, the, that was a November 1991 thing. So uh, definitely wanted to uh, recognize our World Age Day. Here in uh, twenty twenty three. So how you been, man? Been well, been well. Um, been busy getting through the, closing out the twenty twenty three. I mean, at this point, I feel like it's almost it's actually over at this Cal- time. Calendar year, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. one home by. You don't know oh. about that. This one. This one was on warp speed. As fast saying. as they come. As yeah, fast as they yeah, come. Yeah. <laughs> this, this was this was like uh, Formula One with uh, uh, with drag speed reduction. You know. Yeah. What I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I, 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 didn't, I didn't realize you were a fan as well. Of course, of course. Nice, nice. Yeah. We got the weather service uh, on the line. Good morning, San Juan. How are you? I'm very good, and you? I'm good. Who am I speaking with? Uh, with Cecil Villanueva. Cecil Villanueva. Buenos días. Buenos días. Yes. De qué parte de Puerto Rico? De San Juan. Tú eres de San Juan. Sí. Okay. You ever, you ever been to San Croix? No, I want to actually, oh, but I've never yeah. been to St. Croix. Yeah, they want. say it's beautiful. What about St. Thomas and St. John? No, neither. You, you've never been to the Virgin Islands, Cecile? No, I haven't. Well, we <laughs> Maybe was, when I was little, uh, we we took like a, a small boat that it was uh, around the islands, and I think we stopped, but I was very little, so oh, I don't okay. remember much. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the same thing. But, <laughs> yes. uh, but we're looking forward to, to welcoming you here. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, when you make your way uh, up. So we've had beautiful weather. Yep. For, for the entire week. Is it going to remain that way for the weekend? 
Yeah, a little bit. Probably uh, the same today and tomorrow. Maybe on Sunday uh, you might uh, experience some showery weather. There's like a kind of a frontal boundary that is north of us and is expected to move southward over the area. It's not expected to cause significant rainfall accumulations or anything, but, you know, you might see an increase of cloudiness and some showers, particularly late uh, Saturday night, early Sunday morning uh, to the northern part of the island. So, uh, but not, nothing significant, and then the rest of the day probably is going to uh, clear and have, you know, some passing showers at most. And um, tomorrow and Sunday? Yeah, particularly tomorrow, late tomorrow night and then early Sunday. That's why we're seeing that the frontal battery might move south and uh, move over the local island. Okay, okay, good. Now, it's partly cloudy now, um, but we've had high visibility for the last three days. Is, is it going to remain the same? Yeah, it's going to be the rain the same. It's going to be alternating periods. Sometimes uh, uh, the, the trades might be might drag some moisture areas of higher moisture content and so you might see sometimes an increase of cloudiness and some passing showers uh, but overall uh, visibility should be really good and you might most of the most of the day probably like uh, fair weather conditions with a few showers in, in the area but nothing nothing major okay good well uh, nice talking oh quickly um what about the beachgoers and the boaters Yes, uh, that is important. Although uh, we're not expecting uh, high risk of recurrence for uh, for the region islands, uh, there we have uh, there's going to be an increase of winds across the area and also a northerly swell that is going to be arriving today. Um, so even though in the region islands the the risk is not expected to increase too high, it's going to be moderate. But some beaches might be a little bit hazardous. But there is a small craft advisory that. In effect, starting tomorrow at 8 a.m. for the offshore Atlantic waters. So again, even in Croix in the south, but you know, if if you uh, you know like to have like marine activities, you know, you know, just to be careful. Particularly, uh, even though you're not going to be in the offshore Atlantic waters, there's going to be an increase of wind. So uh, marine conditions are going to be at least choppy today through the weekend. Okay, good. Well, um, I'll talk to Ian Colon. Yes. To, to let him know that to, to set up something where he can send you up to to Saint Croix, you and, I, and some other meteorologists yes, yes. checking out, and and um and Robert Mitchell, right? His mom lives on Saint Croix. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. He, so so we can work that out. He, Any, anything? He visited uh, 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 not long ago. Yeah, yeah. He told us that he was here to come check his moms and all that stuff. Yeah. I got a radio partner this morning, Kyle Fleming. Kyle, any question you want to ask Cecile? No, I guess the only question is, uh, are, are we going to continue to expect these cooler temperatures to to continue? Yeah, probably uh, uh, at least for today in the next few days, uh, temperatures are going to be very similar to what we have experienced in the in the past week. Maybe a little bit uh, warmer by early next week, but nothing like we've experienced in the past, uh, you know, this year. It has been super, super hot. Uh, but, you know, uh, we it, it's still not going to be super cool like the Christmas temperatures that everybody experiences. Here in Puerto Rico, everybody's asking where we're going to be experiencing those cooler temperatures from, from Christmas. At least it's, right now is very comfortable. I am actually enjoying the temperatures right now. So we expect mm -hmm. something very similar in the next few days. Um, we, we had a humidity um, problem uh, in, in September and October. 
and mm-hmm. it, it's kind of tapered off now that we got drier weather. Is it going to remain the same like that with the dry weather? The dry weather uh, undermines the humidity, right? Um, well, at least with in terms of like temperature, yeah. I mean, it would keep uh, the the sensation of heat uh, lower. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. uh, particularly at night, if you have clear skies, uh, the temperature tends to be a little bit lower than usual uh, because that means that uh, all the heat that the 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 soil, the earth is releasing, can escape and it's not trapped uh, uh, under a coverage. So clear nights and also dry weather, usually you can expect uh, cool temperatures in the morning hours. Cecile, enjoy the weekend. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You too. You got it. Okay, bye-bye. That's how Cecile Vigenueva, down there, meteorologist, uh, down in uh, San Juan. And you know, you bring up a good point with the cool weather. Something I've been noticing uh, when I drive in, to, to walk in the morning. I, I could take two routes. Uh, when I get to the major headquarters, I could go straight up and go through the Constitution Hill mm-hmm. over the top, or I could hang a right and go through Anna's Hope by Public Works and stay on Center Line Road. When you're there on Constitution Hill, and I, I, I make sure I check it this morning before you came on, uh, when you get up to Constitution Hill, you know, you got the two long stretches, Yep, right? Yeah. You got a lot of trees overhanging at the, at the, at the apex of the second long stretch up there, mm-hmm. right, right there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, the road the road gets dark, right? And I will make sure I watch the temperature gauge. I saw it go from 78 to 77. They, 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 they actually, actually realize, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the fact that with the overhang, right? And it gets dark. Yep. It really is. And you know how you know it gets dark? Because the dashboard will become clearer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, the brightness and, actually Yeah, shows, yeah. Right? And then, of course, after I work my way uh, down through Beeston Hill and, and get over to my, uh, uh, the entrance to Quest of Body, it back up to 78 degrees again. You know what I'm saying? Talk a little bit. You know, you, you, y'all are the technocrats. Y'all know about this type of thing. Why is it so prevalent? Well, you know, I mean, I think you bring up an interesting point. I think that it would be, be even a more interesting experiment, too, would even to say, on like even on our hottest days, right? This past summer, mm-hmm. what the temperature would have been like? Let's take a let's take a rainforest. Let's take a normal out there in the rainforest compared to like out by Port Udall to see just how different the temperature could be across the island. Yes, because you know you have. I mean, at the end of the day, you you have the, the, the that tree line does a lot for. Uh, you know that that protection, right? I mean, the, you know, the ninety six degrees in the shade, you know, is to tell you that even with the shade, it's not doing anything for you. But at the end of the day, like that that protection from the UV, uh, you know, from the solar, really does make a, a huge difference in terms of what that. I think she used a great term. I might start using now too. The sensation of heat. Sensation of heat. Yeah, <laughs> man. Both of us were shaking our head. Guys. <laughs> That's the second, uh, right? Uh, earlier, what, earlier this in November when they had the. The uh, the rain down in the southwestern part of the Gulf mm-hmm. that they had they had anticipated was going to go in a northeast direction, which it did, but it went more north and it and it and it ravaged the Dominican Republic and Haiti two weeks or two weekends ago. They used the term moisture feel, right? So I like that one, right? Now today, in and asking her about the humidity, she said the sensation Station of heat. Yeah, yeah, man. So, you, I mean, like, so I hear, you know, I hear be, that you know, I'm gonna be using that. <laughs> come next year, come next year when when I get warm, God willing, you know what I mean? But yeah. But she's right, though. And, and yeah, man. Yeah. 100%. Because, it, well, look, that heat was so bad that 
you shower in the morning and you want to know if it's one o'clock in the afternoon before you get out the house. You know what I'm saying? It was it, the humidity was ridiculous. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I, I struggle for a while because like, is it just like you know because it's the summer again? And you forget it's been a year since the last time it was this hot. But I think across the board, two things that I think were consistent that from everybody that I spoke to. Not only was it hotter than usual. But it lasted longer. Where where it usually starts in July into August, it really heats up. Mm-hmm. We had it start from from the second May hit. I remember, I think it was right around maybe right around Mother's Day. I remember that that first day where I really felt like, man, this is this is suppressing heat. This is early for that, and that lasted all the way up until I would say up until we started getting the rain at the end of October. Yeah, it really oh, it yes. really didn't let up until then. No, no, December, November was typical rain month. Yeah. Uh, and to me, that's like. That's like the heat because our hottest months are September and October. And typically, whenever there's a transition, a seasonal transition, that's when you see rain mm-hmm. in the tropics. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was good to see that normalcy in yeah. that regard took place because what we were dealing with this summer and, and what is our, our summer and fall on the mainland, when you go close schools because of heat in yeah. September, you know what I'm saying? Wow. And, you know, you think what you want about climate change which was formerly uh global warming you know what i'm saying <laughs> but we 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 have the proof yeah. when we got when when the superintendent i mean the commissioner had to make uh, uh adjustments along the way so by the way uh i want to let the public know right that uh in december of 2010 i believe um we had some i don't want to say hurricane type winds but some storm impacting winds in the virgin islands in december Mm-hmm. Which is post, um, post season. Post, yeah. post season, yeah, yeah. So um, I remember that uh, we had already been damaged in November. Um, now we had like a um, a monsoon came through here uh, around November the tenth or somewhere around there. Oh. But uh, in December itself, we also got some uh, some solid rain there as well. So you never know uh, what we're dealing with. Well, I, we, we, I was I was halfway hoping for a little bit more rain in November so we could have gotten the the repeat of the the waterfalls out by Caledonia like we did yeah. last year. Oh, last yeah. year was yeah. a great year, yeah, yeah, fantastic yeah, yeah, year yeah. for yeah. them. But that was just a perfect amount of rain, though. Yeah, that's that's what you need. You need you need you need a, you need a, a good set of saturated yeah. rain and then like another two days of heavy downpours to then to them yeah. to them run it. But yeah. So let me ask this. Uh, There's one question I want to ask you today. This infrastructure bill. Um, that was passed by the Biden Harris, the Biden uh, Harris, right? Biden Harris mm-hmm. administration. Um, energy, anything out of that? Oh, we've we've gotten hundreds of millions. Talk about that. Uh, available to us out of that. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, I mean it's it has been um, both the bipartisan bipartisan infrastructure act and the inflation reduction act. Because um, they have been fun with 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 the Republican Congress Congress women and congressmen. Um, for bragging about uh, infrastructure and money coming to the states, and they didn't vote for it. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> that's that's one. Sometimes that's one of the benefits. I can tell you actually, it's, it, it is interesting because um, so I mean we have so for, for the way it's come to to the energy office or the way it comes to the energy office is in the form of just a really wide spectrum of. Um, funding opportunities right so grants that we we still have to go after so it's not mm-hmm. it's not like they announce it and all of a sudden the next day there's new funds in the in in the account we still have to develop plans develop um you know project proposals program proposals um and and it, it is um 
ton of different buckets of, of funds that we have the ability to go after that I could tell you in the first you know, three years of my tenure before you know, these, um, uh, the, 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 these acts were passed, we had some resources to go for, but nowhere near two things. The, there's, there's one, there's more funding available. So even grants that we used to go after before, if they were a million dollar ceilings, are now four or five million dollar ceilings. Wow. And now there's, but then there's also grants that we you know, weren't even available before that are now being made available, some of them in the tens of millions and some of them even in the hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in funding. And all of that has come as a result of um, the, you know, those two acts, really, the bipartisan, bipartisan infrastructure and the Inflation Reduction Act. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, the, the larger sums that we've gone after, uh, one in actually in October, we applied for, from the energy office standpoint, easily the largest single grant that we've ever sought out, um, which was a, a $100 million grant for uh, a program under the EPA called Solar for All. Um, this is a, a, you know, usually EPA isn't a common uh, grantor for us t- typically because, you know, they, they work much more with DPNR, uh, with management, those type of agencies. Um, but they've expanded their scope as a result of uh, this infra- a lot of these infrastructure laws, which means that they're now supporting projects, especially direct you know, shovel-ready projects in the renewable space. Um, and the solar for all is, is for what, we, what we've approached this grant looking at is, is ways of creating widespread access to, um, across the entire community uh, for solar and battery, both in the form of home-based residential solar and battery, as well as uh, community-based, uh, community-serving uh, solar and batteries, really trying to expand the renewable footprint in the territory on a distributed level. Um, and, and again, having resources like, a, you know, even being able to go after $100 million to even try to support those type of initiatives was something that would have been unheard of uh, you know, a few years ago. Now, under this infrastructure law, these are becoming commonplace opportunities that we're able to go after. And, and you know, some of them are competitive, so it's not always a given that you're going to receive. Um, but, you know, I think we've put together a lot of very strong proposals, and it's very easy to justify the need here in the territory. I think that's very clear, both from the opportunity in terms of the, the natural resource that we have available to us uh, for renewables, for the spectrum of renewables, as well as the, uh, the needs and demands of our community, given, uh, you know, the burdens that have been you know, worn for so long relative to uh, the energy landscape here. So I feel very, very confident that, I mean, that's one major one. There's a lot of other grants we've gone after, but that's what we're very hopeful for, and, and, and if, if we are favorably considered uh, to really bring the implementation of the, the potential impacts with that, that funding source of the territory. Well, I hope Ayo uh, and the other agencies benefit from the sensation of resources <laughs> <laughs> that, we, that, that typically are there, yeah. that are there now. Uh, the power hours in effect, Kyle Fleming from the Virgin Islands Energy Office and Chairman of the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority Governing Board. We'll talk a little while when we come back right after this. complex issues that arise in our territory. Comes with the territory with Leslie Comision. Join me, Leslie Comision, for a breakdown of political issues facing our territory, one conversation at a time. 
I'm here to be the voice you can rely on for information that is straightforward and comprehensive. Tune in to be a part of the discussion. It all comes with the territory. Comes with the territory airs Sundays at 1 p.m. and re-airs at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12. Saturday mornings, we're here for you with Weekend Edition. Two hours of news, interviews, new music, new books, rattling good stories, interesting people, challenging analysis, laughs, air shows, and donkey rides for the kids. So come along with us. Weekend Edition, Saturday mornings from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. With so much going on, it can be hard to keep up with who's doing what and why. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, letting you know whether it's news from across the country and the world or a deep conversation about a novel, movie, or music, we got you. Grab your coffee or your earbuds and tune in to Weekend Edition from NPR News. Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com. Member FDIC. And we're back here on Analyzers, the Power Hours in Effect. Good friend Kyle Fleming uh, here uh, in the studio, and I want to thank Cecile Villanueva from uh, the Weather Service for once again expanding our vocabulary or <laughs> creating new terminologies and uh, lessons. I remember when I was 21, uh, never forget this conversation, Linda Hendricks. You know, Hendricks, uh, uh, auto, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, right Honda. yeah Honda. Honda, yeah, his daughter, my cousin, and uh, we, would, we were talking one day about. Uh, vocabulary and the need for expansion of one's vocabulary and you know the nerdy side and us in our private school children right and he's a man he's read a lot of sports and all that stuff Howard Cosell uh, he was a, a controversial high profile um, and he was Jewish actually and, and he was a I know this goes so weird right but he was a pro-black Jewish sports commentator. He used to promote Reggie Jackson. Muhammad Ali was who actually took him up to that oh, level. Really? Yeah, yeah, because he recognized what they were doing to Muhammad Ali uh, in the 60s when they stripped him of his of his uh, title mm -hmm. in the prime of his career. And he decided, no, it was wrong. And he, and I saw Angel Codera, another uh, black jockey, a Hispanic jockey, but he was one of like uh, Canovanas, like Canovanas Puerto Rico. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And... Uh, uh, so, but when he'd come on TV and he'd start talking, and uh, one time he'd been on David Letterman and he just went into, he's a, he was a lawyer, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But he's he a cover sports. And I, I, I listened to him. I had just come home from I, I, I was uh, 
well, they, they David, the David Letterman interview was after college, but before that, I used to hear him, and I don't think there's enough of an appreciation for being well spoken yeah. because it it can do so many things for you. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I enjoy having you on the show. Right, because your vocabulary dealt there. You check what I'm saying? But if we could get our people to embrace more literacy and have a better understanding of the the environment, you know what I'm saying? Processing what we're going through. Because here in the tropics, we actually are a prototypical uh location for how things happen, hurricanes and all mm-hmm. that stuff and um and the need for what we talk about, the alternative forms of energy and all that stuff. I I just think, you know, we got we got some we got some advantages that we just aren't taking taking advantage. We just aren't tapping. Well, I, I'll say just just on the the, the, the vocabulary side, and I think just to, to stick on that, I think it is um, it, it is truly amazing how how the English language can be any language, and and how how clear communication and being able to uh, you know expand the the, the approach to descriptions. So also, just really one if it's getting a point across, getting a message across. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's not just. I look at it as not just about trying to, uh, you know, sound smart. I think it's important to because there's there's so many, there, there's so much like minutia of the language, especially when trying to co- convey either complex, you know, concepts or uh, things that really people, the community, you know, people, our peers, our, our partners need to understand, um, and being able to to utilize the language effectively to make sure that the message is understood, so that way whatever outcome that is intended is actually realized. Uh, I, 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 it's something I certainly value. Um, you know, I, I, I have a weird tradition of uh, whenever I'm trying to prepare for um, uh, like a, a set of testimony. If, if, if you were if you if you were in the the well back in the, if I was in back in the well back in the day when you were there, mm-hmm. my preparation ahead of those is usually I, I, I'll put on some uh, some Winston Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I give up, and, and, and get a little bit of, get a little bit of that that fervor. I mean, he, he, he you know he. He certainly uh, mobilized the English language no, in, uh, no, no. in in an aggressive he, he, way. But. He is considered <laughs> he is considered the man. You know what I'm saying? Because he, <laughs> he uh, and well, some people just command. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A room. You know what I'm saying? And an audience. And 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 he did that. You know. But we are uh, first of all. You know, I'm glad we're talking about this. When we would leave the territory to go to conferences on the mainland and all that stuff. Uh, the, the first thing they want to hear is our accent. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's really a beautiful accent, right? Uh, we, we we speak a, uh, a, a combination for a race of English and Yankee, <laughs> Yankee, Yankee English. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but the fact that uh, we could vacillate to me, mm-hmm. right? Because um, there are times when you, know, you want to, to let them know, you know, don't don't let me go. I could go full Bronx on you in a minute. You know what I'm saying? And at the same time, and like we used to travel with, uh, I I came in, my center classmate was was Positive Nelson. I always use him. You know, he's he's Spuds McKenzie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, when we go in and they see this dread and all that stuff, and a dread that like to wear a suit and all that stuff, and we we talk. But <clears throat> you know, here we are in 2023. We got a number of different things that we're dealing with. We got to walk on chew gum at the same time. You are the energy office director. And we're dealing with, we're in the middle of a recovery. And of course, people thought the recovery was a two, three-year thing. These, these are decades long, yeah. right? And we're practically in the heart of it right now. We're five, six years in. And um, now is when we're really waiting to see the physical, uh, the resilience 
the hardening of of our infrastructure uh, happening, and uh, we need to be able to communicate. And you know about it, you know, because we we got we got to bring in some help. We just don't have the requisite man and woman power here in the territory, and our ability to communicate is absolutely critical to that end. I, I think I think that's. I, I, you couldn't hit the nail harder on the head. I think that becomes such a, a, a critical need. And, you know, I, we, I spent a lot of time, as much of my colleagues, both, you know, in the, in the, from the cabinet you know, and GVI central government, as well as, as in WAPA, we spent a lot of time having to communicate with, uh, whether it be our federal partners, our actual strategic partners. Um, and, and if we're not able to convey our needs effectively, we'll never get the support that, that we need. That's and, it, and that's, that's, that's it's it. absolutely critical. Yeah, that, 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 that's what we're talking about. Speaking of which, um, the... We, 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 we bring him, we contain in the, the, the red water, uh, the brown water, I mean, that, that, that actually, we're working on that, right? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We, we've made well, strikes on where we were, right? It's, it's and, been, and testing it was, was what started or informed us as to where we were and where we needed to be. Yes, yeah, so, so there's, I mean, there is a, I mean, there's a broad spectrum of activities that have been in place long before the, um, you know, the, the, the kind of emergency that, that, that has been resp- that we responded to in October, especially if we're looking on the, at the, the red and brown water side, um, you know, at, at its core, I think the, the, I don't think it's been any, uh, there's been no way to, to mask it, right? I think there, it's clear that there is a, a massive need for uh, infrastructure replacement, but this isn't something that is new to uh, the authority. It's not new to the community either. Uh, we have continuously been tr- working towards uh, replacing the infrastructure. Uh, you know, if we look at kind of the, the segment, the segments of the system that have been replaced, it, it realized that you know every project is just a piece of the bigger puzzle of trying to uh, you know completely retrofit um, you know, all of the affected areas. And I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's all it's, it's all age infrastructure. So it, there's there's value to replacing every every section of pipe that is feasible to be to be done so and so that part is is where um, again that that work has been in place you know, prior to the emergency it will continue um, my hope is that you know we're actually able to uh, the, the one silver lining um, you know of the challenges is that we're, we we may be able to uh, to get even more uh, support to push the the infrastructure replacement agenda mm-hmm. um, actually just yesterday. Uh, I, I, I read. I read it now. The Biden yep. administration is proposing new restrictions that would require the removal of virtually all lead water pipes across the country in an effort to prevent another public health catastrophe, like the one that came in came to define Flint, Michigan. The proposal on Thursday, this we were referencing, right? Mm-hmm, exactly, right? Uh, uh, from the EPA would impose the strictest limits on lead in drinking water since federal standards were first set 30 years ago. It would affect about 9 million pipes that snake throughout communities across the country. Quote, this is the strongest lead rule the nation has ever seen. Radhika Fox, the EPA's assistant administrator for water, said in an interview, this is historic progress. Digging up and replacing lead pipes from coast to coast is no small undertaking. The EPA estimates the price at 20 billion, 20 to $30 billion over the course of a decade. The rule would require the nation's utilities which WAPA falls on the right, and most likely their ratepayers, me, you, and everybody, to absorb most of that cost. But $15 billion is available from the 2021 infrastructure law to help them pay for it. Now, <clears throat> I know that it's not a legal issue. I heard it's a class action for lawsuit and all that stuff. Um, but to me, the focus really is about 
taking out the bad stuff and putting in brand new stuff. That's that's that's, that's you know what I'm saying? Cool. Yeah, so so this really coinciding it, it looked like if we weren't ahead of the curve, or maybe we were the ones who actually heightened awareness with what took what what with, with, with what uh, has been mandated now by the executive branch. You know, timing is a very interesting thing. Timing is everything, man. They say money in America, money is the only thing, but timing is everything. In this, in this case, timing, yeah. And 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 you know, and it, you, there's a, there's a lot of questions to be asked. I think you asked a great question, and I, honestly, when I saw it, I, my one of my first thought was, you know, especially given how much of this, I think we I think we played a role in this, man. I, I think we. I think, I, def- I think we definitely played gut. a role. I think we definitely My played gut. a role. But I, I, I wonder sometimes. I, part of what I wonder is whether or not it was, um, you know, playing a role in in the sense of, you know, we we were going through we were going through the the the, the testing um, to try to you know, identify a, 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 the brown the red and brown water source, which is what you know triggered one of the you know the red flags that came up with some of the uh, the findings from the EPA, um, and you know that happened in. October, right? And this mm-hmm. this is coming out now in, you know, at the end of end of November, beginning of December. You know, this what what they just announced would have been in the works for years, right? This just happened to cut, you know, so I, oh, I, I, that's I, the timing you're talking about. Yeah, yeah so, okay, so, okay. so like they, they, they would have had to be developing, you know, that proposal, that plan, you know, that would have been years, you know, at least a year or two in the making um, to get to this point of the announcement, whereas maybe the timing of our our issue may have worked out um, conveniently to highlight the you know the necessity for that type of support. Um, so you know, so I think we definitely played a role. I think you know, I mean, if you think of the circulation that um, you know the, the the emergency that arose here has gotten, I mean, I'm seeing ABC News, AP AP News. I mean, a lot of national circulation. So being able to to highlight the realities of these you know some of the ongoing issues across our nation, which is something that we you know try to also impress upon the. Uh, the community as well, because I feel like so often it's, it's viewed as well. This is just another WAPA problem, you know, just a- added to the list. Was like rea- realistically, these are these are problems that are faced across the entire country. I mean, infrastructure is infrastructure, right? And 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 deterioration is deterioration. Anything that a useful life, everything has a useful life, and once it's exceeded that, you're no longer getting the full value of that of that infrastructure, that asset. And that's not just unique to the Virgin Islands. That's that's clearly a common problem across the nation. That. The federal government is being, you know, conscious of and trying to address. So, we, you know, from from my standpoint, I think I do think that that I, I could see a world where being able to elevate, you know, this like our, our situation as 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 drive as a driving force as to why uh, legi- or you know action like this from the federal government from the Biden administration is important. Um, you know, I, I definitely think we play a part in that. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, if you're if you're bringing to, to light a solution. You also want to be able to identify, you know, problems that this solution is going to address. And I think the the timing of our issue and the timing of this release is is certainly probably helpful to that narrative uh, at the federal level. <clears throat> In Flint, they said lead and Legionella bacteria le- leached into tap water of about 100,000 residents between 2014 and 2015. Lead levels in drinking water also soared in 2019 in Newark, where Yvette Jordan is a high school teacher. She said, 40% of our students are special needs. All of these effects we see in our classroom every single day. The EPA estimates that its proposal will generate $9.8 billion to $34.8 billion in economic benefits each year in the form of less cognitive impairment 
and fewer health disorders, especially in children. So a classic example where investment, right, uh, uh, it will actually save us money, mm-hmm. right? If you're looking at, you, you estimate this number, nine, 9.8 to 34.8. So uh, let me see, that's 25 that's um, bam, 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 uh, $25 million in between, so take 12 and a half. So uh, on average, right, if you're using 9.8 as a floor and 34.8 as the ceiling, uh, $22.3 billion on average in economic benefits each year, and the cost of this is 20 to $30 billion. That's significant, man. When you, when you, when you look at it and, and, and do the math, you know what I'm saying? So again... Investment leading to redevelopment and development can only benefit every jurisdiction. And that's why I was, you know, curious. And I know there's politics involved and why when one side uh, supports something or proposes something, the other side's supposed to question it. I have no problem with that. But I've never understood, in particular given what we went through with the recession, when we had to reinvest in in the country to get us out of the doldrums that we were in. Since when is reinvestment a bad thing? Yeah. Uh, I, I, that, that, one, that, that, that one don't make any sense. So let's talk about uh, alternative energy and, and how you know, uh, we could walk and chew gum at the same time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're dealing with infrastructure, but we cannot get away from the fact that we don't want to get back into what we were, doing, what we were experiencing as it relates to the cost of the ratepayers for energy in the territory. No, I, I, absolutely. And I think that the, I think to, to, the, to the point that you brought up earlier relative to, you know, how, how this infrastructure act and how this reinvestment is, is, is being addressed, like that's, that's why we're in such a strategically in, a, in an ideal position now because things that we have thought about and, and wanted and stri- strive for, um, the resources that are available, the different incentives that are available, whether it's in the form of, Grants, whether it's the form of strategic tax credits, whether it's in the form of uh, you know, unique financing or, or attractive financing, there's so much coming from the federal government that's that's trying to make the make our investment in uh, alternative energy sources so, so more why, affordable. So, so why don't we market the Virgin Islands for young engineers and 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 specialists? I'm here for it. Here is where you want to start your professional career coming out of college and all that stuff because we are primed to do things. And I got an article here um, from October, from Halloween, right? The, the, the Coastal Virginia Offshore Wind Project. You know about this? You know about it? Right? The Interior Department approved a plan to install up to 176 giant wind turbines off the coast of Virginia clearing the way for what would be the nation's largest offshore wind farm yet. So I know your staff listening, right? Tell them, check this out, because it's the interior department. That's that's who you're under. You know what I'm saying? So this is something that we could look at to see if we could do something small scale along these lines, you know what I mean? You know the power in effect when Kyle Fleming come, I got to raise up my game, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so uh, we'll have a discussion about this as well, because more alternative. More alternative, and, and I think the point you just made on terms of attracting yeah, man, enthusiastic bring, bring, engineers. Bring them young I've professionals, great, great man. Get all these major universities and other stuff. Bring them here. Be back right after this. Hi, 
am Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Ah, sometimes you need a moment to just step back, relax, and listen to your favorite song. I'm Raina Duris, and on the next World Cafe, maybe I can help you find something new to love or maybe remind you of something you've been missing. There's so much music out there to enjoy. So take a moment, take a breath, and tune in to World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening, I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nawaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news designed for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're back here and analyze this. And Flemming uh, was telling me about a, a, a developmental project uh, for uh, wind turbine energy in, in Hawaii. Uh, Kahuku. Yeah, it, a, uh, they got island in Kahuku. They got $25 million project in the 80s, though. Right? It was the Hawaii, uh, Hawaii, Hawaiian Electric Spearing Company, HEI, in the early 80s was to develop wind energy. And HEI invested more than $25 million through a non-regulated subsidiary to develop a 9-megawatt wind farm in Kahuku. And then it goes on here. So, you know, I'm going to be doing my research here. Now, um, you know, it's one thing to have ideas, um, but it's another thing to actually have um, <clears throat> the actual proposed idea go to development for Execution, Execution, right? Uh, uh, okay, Kawi. This Kaui, yeah. Kaui's one you're talking about. Okay, mm-hmm. good thing, right? So this this department of it's interesting that the Department of Interior playing a role in this one with our state. You know what I'm saying? Well, clearly it makes sense to me. Yeah. This is an environmental environmental thing. I mean, they they have pretty far reach. I mean, they they are um, a, a main supporter of the originals. Actually, um, you know, one of the things that is uh, an actual development. You talk about the interior. We actually, and we'll, t- we'll talk more about this, but um, one of the projects that we recently received funding for 
uh, from the Department of Interior. We, we had a, our, our Energizing Insta Communities. That's the, the grant that we've utilized to develop the microgrid over mm-hmm. at Complex. It's what we've used to purchase uh, electric, a spectrum of electric vehicles, both uh, commercial electric vehicles, passenger electric vehicles. That on the ground, the one at Complex on the ground or on the roof? It's on the ground. On the ground, okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's actually uh, it's actually near in completion. We're in the, in the final stages of uh, commissioning right now. Okay. Um, but one one of the projects that were uh, additionally uh, funded uh, is uh, a microgrid for uh, actually for this station for for the WTTJX uh, yeah, co- co- communication tower in Saint Thomas. Yeah, for here, um, the communication tower. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For to, you know as, as as a critical facility, a critical communication yeah, hub, man. and so the, the, the interior is very. Um, you know they are they're they're a great advocate for us uh, as well. Not, not just a variety of resources, but a great advocate for us at the federal level to ensure that. The territories are getting, um, you know, their fair share of resources, and, and even not even just a fair share, that share and then some. Because the reality is, our problems are so unique, but they also recognize that because of our scale, our pro- we can we can actually realistically and tangibly, you know, correct a lot of our challenges mm-hmm. in a near term. Right. So if you're looking for if you're looking for, for and, and, wins, and because we're not a, a real big island, it, it don't take much it as it relates to investment. Right. So that, that's one of the benefits that I don't think. You know, we, we tend to you know process where our population. I'd say hundred thousand. Even though the, the census says eighty seven, I'd say ninety five to hundred thousand. Yeah, people 100, are missed, yeah. right? Um, that's why we we did so well in the with the pandemic. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It don't take a lot of federal support to get us to where we want to get. However, we don't want the public thing. We just throwing things out there, right? One of the paragraphs in this story, they said the decision. Um, this is the the Virginia project comes at a perilous time for the offshore wind industry. And this is where I want you to break down the realities of what you guys have been dealing with. To fight climate change, the Biden administration wants to install 30 gigawatts of offshore wind power in the United States by 2030. But that plan has run run into serious trouble lately as developers have struggled with, and this is where I was wanting to educate the, the, uh, the, the listening audience, Soaring costs, rising interest rates, supply chain delays, delays, and bursts of local opposition. I mean, <laughs> we experience all four of these dynamics. You know what I'm saying? Talk about those particular hurdles and actually sometimes why you need these hurdles to find out about yourself and literally make yourself better. Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, the challenge is really, you know, shine a light and put a mirror on on, on, on the true realities of like a lot of, the, well, not just the people, but the communities that, you know, and, and our problem solving abilities. The, you know, from every one of those pieces, right, you talk about supply chain, that's been mm-hmm. from the energy industry. I think supply chain has been, pro- when I, I worked in, I worked in an energy for going on 12 years now, right? And, and they're... Energy is probably the first area that I've been dealing with supply chain oh, challenges the, from, well, that, everybody that, that became in vogue three or four years ago. Every, every, everyone needs it, and you know, as 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 the world continues to grow and develop, energy becomes a higher and higher demand. Right? Mm-hmm. We, we all, all, if you look at the way things are going, like we're our our relationship with energy is only getting closer. It's not getting further apart. Right? People think, well, maybe I'm, if I'm doing solar and I'm using the grid, my energy, my relationship with energy is changing. It's like it's changing, but it's you're still needing it. Right? You still need like you're, you're what you whether it's your the electronics in your home, the electronics that you're driving, um, you know, more electrified appliances. Like you're, you're, we're, we're all consuming more energy, whether it's air conditioning to water heating. Like it's, it's, it's all something that we're getting grappling clo- more closely. And so, and this is at a global scale. So that that demand is growing. You know, we talk a lot about. I mean, I remember during the pandemic, everything was like 
Transformers, Transformers. We can't get Transformers. You can't get Transformers. You can't grow. You can't expand. You can't develop new commercial buildings. You can't develop new, uh, you know, residential subdivisions. Mm. You can't build like you know. You, you need to be able to facilitate you know high electrical loads. And Transformers seem to be gold in the, in the energy industry for so long. And like when you look at the at the at the wind side, I mean, the thing is like all of these infrastructure pieces that you know there's there's parallels, right? All these energy projects still need you know the, the core. Electrical integration is the same across all these projects. Whether you're putting a solar farm in, a wind farm in, you still need the the the, the, the baseline infrastructure like transformers, wires, uh, you know, and all of those have been in high demand across the industry and really constrained. So that's that's one world of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the the public opposition, you know, wind is everywhere. You know, as long as I've seen wind, has always been a tricky one. Yeah, because of the aesthetics. You know, yeah. so some people just have a problem with the big propellers and how the propeller. They're not the, in my backyard. The, 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 backyard the NIMBY thing. is a, right, a huge right. thing. Until they until they see the bill. Yeah. <laughs> but but but, but, it's they, the, they so but it's to get to them exactly to to, to to actually see the bill. But had, didn't we didn't we have um, some infrastructure uh, developments where? Um, because I remember we had a, a project. It was uh, Lou Lester of Richard's Richardson back, uh, I'd say, 12, 15 years ago. You were still wrapping up your educational window. And uh, where the the actual uh, <clears throat> wind turbine could actually come down on the ground and then it could, it could pull it back up, right? It, it, it wasn't a, a, a one fit in the ground and then mm-hmm. all that stuff. They had the ability to maneuver it and... You know, see the uh, thing you can only do that at like the small residential scale. Yeah, actually, that, that, that's there what are I'm talking some about. Down here, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. It was, it was the, uh, the display that we had was done in the Carambola area. Yep, right. Yep. And they had they had a, a wind turbine and they came up and uh, of course you know the reason for that is because of course the public outcry. Yeah, you know some people some people don't like that. But, but what I wanted to ask you, right, in reading this story, they say the Coastal Virginia offshore wind project to be built by Dominion Energy. Um, is the fifth commercial scale offshore wind project approved by the Biden administration. We got WAPA, who is our public utility here in the Virgin Islands. Who is our private, if not not energy supplier, but energy infrastructure? Who, who Do we have one here that, w- that will complement that? Or, or is that something that maybe the... The 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 the, the, net, the 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 key that could unlock what we're dealing with because we've had this one size, you know, approach a one entity approach for the longest. Um, do we need something now to complement that? If because I'm not in the business of taking Wapa out, you know, even though you know Wapa you know ain't really popular right about now. But I think what we need is more complementary pieces to allow for us to have some flexibility and some options. So. That that uh, I mean, the, the reality is we we kind of operate here, and it, it's really more just how you know small islands typically end up being because you know we're, we're, we have a simpler foot, a smaller footprint to kind of navigate, and so the kind of distrib- where you look in the states, it's like, well, this was actually outlawed. Essentially, you you can't really have this this vertically integrated operation, right? Where mm-hmm. it says you have you have you have people who produce power, you have people who transmit power across states. And then you have uh, entities that deliver power directly to consumers, whether it be commercial, residential. Yeah, so there's always three right. tiers. Um, whereas, whereas WAPA is the One, two, producer, three. the transmission, yeah, yeah. and the delivery service. Yeah. Like it, it's it's you know it's that vertical machine. Ali One, yeah. You know, my, my, I'll tell you my position. My position is, 
if if we were to let go of uh, of of anything, it would be the generation side. At this point, ge- the generation of electrons, mm-hmm. right, which is what we do, right, with Richmond, Harley, you know, solar farm, like they generate electrons. They take whatever their source is, whether it's the sun for solar, you know, fuel, diesel for uh, for the turbines, the, the generators. They're just creating electricity, and the reality, you can create electricity. I mean, w- w- there's so many ways to create electricity. Well, well, well let me ask this question. Okay? This, this is a human relations thing now. You and the governor, the rep, you and the governor and Carl, like, I don't, you, you can't really tell Carl. <laughs> you can't, I don't teach you about this. You can't have my guy Carl, because Carl would want you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I just sit down and rap uh, and talk about uh, ideas, throwing things off each other and dealing with the realities of the energy energy crisis that we're dealing with now? We do. I mean, we, we, we definitely do. And, like, you know, a big, a big part of where, you know, what I try to, you know, to bring to the table in those conversations is that at the end of the day, you know, we, we don't have to try to solve our problems the way we've had historically, right? The, the technology, the advancements in the technology and innovations in the industry provide us a, a far, far broader spectrum of, 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 of levers that we could pull mm-hmm. to achieve the end goal, which is at the end of the day, it's always affordable reliable right yeah, like, like yeah, you, yeah. you can you That's can it. cut you can cut that pie a million different ways and the output is always going to be and affordable and, and reliable and efficient and efficient yeah yeah and and you know and that's the so so when we talk about these things and when we look at the so there is a lot of discussion around like what the evolution of this of the utility should be because again we've our approach has been you know we, we again what is commonly the case for um the, you know these kind of island you know isolated grids but it doesn't mean that that's the only way that we can do things and, Correct. and i think especially now with uh, you know the way i look at it be, with the advent of of energy storage especially that is the to me for for our system like it's even part is why well, we can look that, away that's your baby oh of course of course <laughs> but but you know it's because it enables so much it enables us to stay it, it have that's the unlock that's, that's the unlock, unlock. That, that allows us to, to not care so much about the generation of electricity and and allows us to be very efficient and very effective at distributing it to the needs wherever it is residential commercial industrial scale well then well then let's look at one of the dynamics the dynamics that i mentioned um um, which is rising interest rates, right? Mm. And look at the, how external activity co- could impact what we are attempting to do. We going through a, 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 a investment window right now in America, right? Me and Joey Hollins were teasing each other yesterday, right? Dow Jones approaching thirty six thousand. Yesterday, Dow closed at thirty five nine. At a time when people were talking a year, six, seven months ago about recession. Yeah. You check what I'm saying? So so what really going on, man? I mean, I know that you know, you got your folks in there who keeping an eye on that and all that stuff. And because I mean, when you look at uh the marketplace, you always want to know what the price of oil is and right, all, right. All energy uh, energy commodities and all that stuff. What really going on and, and should we be uh of a uh, <laughs> Here's a term we don't use, right? Should we be cooping, right? What going on on the mainland <laughs> so that when the window presents itself, we're ready to get into this game and, 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 and use our money to invest as relates to infrastructure and these directional moves we're making with energy because that's what we need, right? Oh, well, you know, I, I, to be honest, I, I think that we have... We have opportunities where even you talk about high interest rate, right? That that's a that becomes a challenge, especially when we start looking at ways. If, if we do want to invest, like not outside of not just you know grants and you know and, and not I won't call it handouts, but like you know strategic investments on the federal side. If we're just looking at making investments on our own and you know financing, you know is the is really the key, right, for, for mobilizing uh, or you know mobilizing uh, capital. 
if it's too expensive, we, you, that, that's already going to be a deal breaker. And mm-hmm. so, so certainly we got, we got to keep track of how, you know, how, how the, the, the interest rate fluctuations occur because, again, like not everything we do. I mean, we, we have lines of credit. We have you know, other we've, – we've, we've taken out major loans in the past. Like, I, I'm, I'm, we actually got people out there who want to invest. Yeah. You know what I'm and and but see you know what one of the things that helps that, so that that's actually what so when you're looking at the private side of development and investment, that's what there's two things that that happen on top of that like not just interest rates but then also looking at the um, the the tax credits that come with a lot of the investments that we're talking about especially on the energy side right mm-hmm. so when 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 you think about the, those individuals that want to invest, likely they have probably pretty high tax liabilities. Correct. At the end of the day, we have, you know, one of the things that has been baked in, we, it doesn't get talked about as much because it's not as flashy or as sexy as, you know, this federal grant or this, you know, you know kind of more kind of packaged, um, um, you know, incentive is what happens at the t- on the tax credits. Because that's, that's really for those people who have the capital to invest, who have like the tax liabilities, where their strategic investment allows for them to recoup a significant amount of uh, or retain a significant amount of their earnings through leveraging tax credits for solar storage mm-hmm. investment and the Virgin like across in the in the U.S. the the average um, tax credit is thirty percent for renewable investment. The Virgin Islands because we are uh, energy was considered an energy community because mm-hmm. we used to have because of the the refinery Priority, being yeah. you know p- a major part of our economy that's no longer exists mm-hmm. that adds ten percent so now that thirty percent goes to forty percent. Mm-hmm. We're also a low income. These are tax, uh, these are tax credits. You're done these for. are tax credits. Yeah. So th- this is this is if if a, if a if a if a private investor were to look into developing a project in the, strategically in the Virgin Islands, you're looking at where, where in, whereas in the U.S. you would only be able to really achieve an average on average thirty percent tax credit. In the Virgin Islands, is between fifty and sixty percent eligible tax credits because of uh, because of the eligibility that the Virgin Islands has. So it's even more attractive for those people who are looking to invest. Because based off of our, you know, classification within, uh, you know, un- under the you know, U.S. umbrella, we have even uh, adders that make that investment even more economically attractive. That's why you're talking about. We're going to hold it for about 10 minutes into the second hour. That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I right. actually got some, some exciting uh, uh, events notes. coming up we want to highlight. Okay, good. I appreciate that. And then for those who are listening, West Texas crude yesterday closed at $75.86 a barrel. And Brent. That anomaly is still in a, in a, in a, in, in effect, eighty dollars and sixty nine cents uh, per barrel. We'll take a break. Be back right after this and, and take the top of the hour thing. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culturman Silcat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th. Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Site Parking Lot to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and 
Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget. <laughs>